You can't master what you don't measure. Devin Burke, we're talking all about sleep. Are you measuring it? Stay tuned. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock solid metabolism, lasting weight loss and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Hormone Prescription Podcast with Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are talking about one of my favorite topics, what I call the nectar of life, sleep. Are you getting enough? Everybody's worrying about, do they have enough money? Do they have enough time? All you really need to worry about is, are you getting enough sleep? And then everything else will fall into place because it really is something you you can't eat your way into good health without good sleep. You can't take a supplement. Exercise won't replace it. There's nothing that replaces sleep, but so many of us aren't getting enough. We have an epidemic of insomnia, particularly among women over 40. Why? Because of hormone imbalances. So my guest today, Devin Burke, is going to come and shed some light on this topic. He's kind of a sleep maestro, if you will. And he talks about you can't master what you don't measure. So we're going to talk about how that applies to sleep. He's going to teach you about what a bed buffer is and the three, two, one sleep protocol and a whole bunch of other things. You're really going to enjoy this. He is lovely to speak with and listen to. And really, I want you to start with thinking about this thought that he offered. How well you sleep dictates your entire next day. How well you sleep is dictated by how you start your day. So it's how you start anything is how you finish and sleep is at the beginning and end of every day it's the bookend and it will make your life wonderful and your health prosperous and nourishing or it will make you miserable as some of you can attest to i know i personally went through all kinds of sleep phases during my unwellness phase i went through the insomnia phase some nights i couldn't sleep at all And then I went through the sleep 16 hours a day phase. So whatever phase you're in, we've got some answers for you. So I'll tell you a little bit about Devin, and then we will get started. So Devin is an international and TEDx speaker. He's the best-selling author of The Sleep Advantage, the founder of Sleep Science Academy, and one of the top health and sleep coaches in the world. His books, keynotes, programs, and videos have inspired thousands of people to improve their sleep, energy, and life. Welcome, Devin. Thanks for having me. So I am super excited to talk about one of my favorite topics, sleep, because I call it the nectar of life. 
And if you don't have good sleep, you're just not going to be healthy or happy and you're not, you're not going to really live your life to the fullest. So I think it's super important. I think we underestimate it. I think that most women over 40 are not getting enough sleep. I know some, some women tell me I'll sleep when I die. I don't need to sleep now. And so it's this whole process of re-education. So let's start, you're, you're a sleep expert and let's start with the most important thing. Why is sleep so important? Well, you started to really nail it. It affects every aspect of our life. There's not an aspect of our life that doesn't get negatively or positively affected from sleep. And so we could talk about your physical health. We could talk about your mental health. We could talk about your you know, emotional health. Every single aspect of your life is affected by sleep. And so when people really get connected to that and they start to prioritize and protect it and, and start to optimize it, it becomes your experience. It's, it's foundational for health. It's literally the foundation that extraordinary health is built on. And so we could go down any, any uh, rabbit hole on any one of those mm-hmm. things. But it's, yeah, it's, there's not an area that's not affected by sleep. Well, let's talk about those areas and let's, let's dive into why it's so foundational. I have found in 30 years of working with women that if they don't understand, if people don't understand the importance of what you're asking them to do. And if you're asking someone to take seven to nine hours of their day, every day of their life to spend sleeping, which is in America is considered non-productive, they're going to have a really good reason to do that. And if you don't give people a good reason, they're just not going to do it. So I think it's important to let's dive into what are all the systems that are affected? What's happening when you sleep? Why is this crucial? Yeah. So first and foremost, when we don't sleep, you know, it's it affects our our longevity. So we get to, we let's start there. You know, there's so many studies now that show that sleep and longevity are connected. Meaning, when we don't get enough sleep, we don't get in those deeper stages of sleep. The glymphatic system isn't activated. That's the lymph system in the brain, and that's what clears out the beta amyloid, the the tau, the plaque that builds up that creates. Alzheimer's and dementia. So, you know, it's linked to when we're not getting the the right amount of sleep, heart disease. It's linked to diabetes. It's linked to obesity. It's linked literally to all of the big killers sleep is linked to. So when we're talking about if you want to live a long, vibrant, healthy life, you need to sleep because it's literally it is the the very thing that when people sacrifice, that's when their health starts to fall apart. That's when you know, you start to go for the, the food that's full of sugar, the, full, the food that's full of fat. People don't really understand how important sleep is until they're not getting enough of it. Right. And that's true. And I know some people are going to hear this. Okay, Devin, it's not clearing the beta amyloid and the plaque in my brain. I could get dementia. And they, they're thinking, I don't have dementia. My doctor says I'm fine. It could lead to heart disease. I don't have heart disease. My doctor says I'm fine. It could lead to diabetes. They're thinking, I don't have obesity. My doctor says I'm fine. Could lead to diabetes, right? So I, you know, I know women, we've, I've worked with them for years. And we really discount because we're thinking, I got 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, 365 days in a year, and I've got to be a wife and a mom and a daughter and a sister and all the things and work at my job or profession. And so I do find even smokers, the data says that they discount the consequences because they, they think, I don't have emphysema. I don't have lung cancer. So I like that you hit on increased cravings of 
fat and sugar, I think you mentioned, that will speak to some of you. So some of you having cravings for fatty comfort foods, sugar-laden carbohydrates, lack of sleep could be part of the problem, right, Devin? A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Ghrelin and leptin, the, you know, those the two those two hormones that signal, you know, when we're hungry and when we're full, they, they get totally out of whack. Insulin gets out of whack, and you know, we get into the hormones there that kind of affect those cravings and the storage of fat around the midsection, where most people don't want that fat. And have you know, I've seen people work out like crazy. I've seen them eat all of the the, the right things, and they still can't lose weight. And because, and then you ask them about their sleep and they're like, actually, you know, I sleep five, four or five hours a night. And then when you kind of focus on optimizing that sleep, okay, let's see if we get you a little bit more deep REM sleep. Let's see if we get you a little bit more Delta sleep. Let's, let's get more hours in and they start prioritizing and protecting sleep. All of a sudden the weight can start to come off because those hormones start to balance out. Cortisol goes, goes down. Right. So for people that are looking to lose weight or to step into their best body, that sleep Sleep can help you do that. Yeah. So now you've got some people's attention. (laughs) (laughs) They're listening because these things off in the distance, they're just discounting. But right now, a lot of people listening are having exactly what you're talking about. They can't lose weight, right? That's the plague of midlife and beyond for women, women over 40 in particular, but all women struggle with this. So talking about ghrelin and leptin, we were Recently had a doctor on talking about those specifically as it relates to weight loss. So we won't go more into detail with that. But I hope you hear that Devin is saying that sleep is related to your ghrelin and leptin. If you didn't hear that episode, go back and listen to it. So I know one question that some people are probably having is, I think that I'm getting enough sleep, but how can I be sure? You mentioned getting enough REM sleep. There are different cycles of sleep. How can people know if they're getting enough total, enough of the different brainwave states, all the things about sleep? How can they know? You can't master what you don't measure. And so we do have now awesome devices that help us get an idea of how much sleep we're getting, what stages of sleep we're in devices like the Aura Ring or even the Apple Watch or a Whoop Strap, none of these devices are 100% accurate, but they're getting more accurate as the tech and the algorithms and the data, they get more data from their users. But it's so important, I think, for people to, if you're looking to improve something, you got to measure it. You You can't just guess. Keeping a sleep journal or sleep diary, that's not accurate. I mean, it's, it also can create anxiety around sleep. But measuring it, if you want to improve your, something, you need to measure it. You need to track it. And we use at Sleep Science Academy, we use the Aura Ring. Just we found that it's it's the most accurate sleep tracking device that's out right now. And that can show you, hey, you you decided not to have that extra glass of wine. And you notice that, okay, I was able to get away with one glass of wine. But when I go to two or three, it really affects my sleep quality or eating too late at night. You could kind of start to draw these conclusions of these behavioral changes that you're making during the day and how that affects your sleep at night. So measuring is, is definitely a key if you want to improve it. Yeah, I love that. I think it's called the Peterson Principle, where anything that's measured, even if you don't make any changes to it, will improve over time just by the fact of measuring it at periodic intervals. And 
that's even true for sleep. So just the act of measuring and tracking your sleep will help to improve it. So you like the Aura Ring. Are there other devices? Because I know the Aura Ring is sometimes pricey for people. So are there other more economical options that you like? Yeah, I mean, the, the Apple Watch, surprisingly, you know, a lot of people have the Apple Watch. It's gotten a lot better the tech and also their sleep algorithm has gotten a lot better. So, you know, it, but honestly, to be honest, you could have any type of tracker and it, it's over time. You're never looking at one night or one week of sleep. You're looking at your sleep over several weeks or several months or even several years. So even if you just got one of these cheap tra trackers online, no, it's not going to be as accurate as an aura ring or going to a sleep study or a sleep lab. But just tracking it over time will help you draw some of those conclusions as far as, hey, w what affects my sleep? How am I doing in this specific area? And so there's a ton of them out there. There's things that you can put on your bed, wear on your head. There's mattresses that now track your sleep. So it's really depending on your, your you know, how much you care and, and also how much you're looking to invest. There's, there's like, so many devices out there now and there's more and more every month that come out because people are realizing how important sleep is and they're looking to you know really understand it and and improve it yes i i think it's super important to track things but i like to caution people that the tracking in and of itself isn't the end goal the end goal is to educate yourself about how your body responds to its relationship with its environment. Like you mentioned about the wine, the goal is to learn, oh, I can have great sleep cycles with one glass of wine, but when I go to two, I kind of wreck my REM or whatever happens. And then take that information and implement it in your life. It's not to use the tracking device forever. I know some people get really wedded to, for instance, I like using continuous glucose monitors and people then end up want to use it forever. And I say, no, it's just a tool to re-educate yourself because I think that we are innately born with an understanding of how much sleep we need <laughs> when we're tired, when to go to bed, when to wake up. We naturally have these biorhythms and understanding, but I think that it's very much socialized out of us. Also, what to eat. We take on society's views of what to eat instead of listening from to that internal voice. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you find sleep tracking should be something that people should use forever and ever? Or is it just a tool for a period of time? A hundred percent, it's a tool for a period of time. I love that you're talking about the body's innate wisdom. And, you know, we're so disconnected from that because of technology, because we live, you know, 90% of our lives indoors, because the artificial light, because of the stress. Technology is the big, is, is a huge stressor for so many people. In this way, you know, using technology temporarily, like you said, to make better decisions, that's how it's supposed to be used. Getting obsessed with it or, you know, thinking that you need to track it forever, that's just adding complexity to your life. And that's not what we're talking about. It's really about getting that positive feedback or negative feedback based off of the decisions, the behavioral changes that you're making so that you can either stay motivated or just know like, hey, this is how this affects my sleep. And, you know, make the decision on whether or not you want to take part in that, whatever that is. So I'm a big believer in 
you know, how do, how do we get reconnected to nature? How do we simplify our lives? How do we simplify our routines, use technology to improve our health and not detract from it? And that it's, it's challenge. I mean, because we live in a world that's moving super fast and, you know, it's really, really hard for people to, to draw, you know, boundaries and find balance within their life to really prioritize and protect their self-care and their health. And there's so much to it. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot there, but I think keeping it simple and, and really staying connected to nature allows our bodies to do what they know how to do. And our bodies know how to sleep. There's nothing you need to do in order to sleep, really. Really? Yeah. If you're not an over 40 woman, then some women are listening now going, what is he talking about? I, I would give anything to get a good night's sleep. I know because I went through that. But I'll tell you how important sleep has gotten for me. So I'm, my tribe kind of knows that I'm over in Africa. I'm in Tanzania right now. I'll go to say Tanzania. And... I literally changed my whole schedule so that I did not have to be up at two in the morning. It's seven hour time difference to Eastern Standard Time so that I can shut it down at 9 p.m. my local time and get, I allow myself nine hours to sleep and then my body wakes up when it wants to. So that's why I want everyone listening to hear because there are a lot of, I think, teachers out there who don't necessarily set a good example and they're going to tell you i only sleep five hours a night don't listen to those people listen to the people who are walking the walk and doing the thing what would you say about that Devin? yeah i would say that you can get away with it for a little bit you can get away with sacrificing your sleep you can get away with hustling and grinding and and really you know not doing the things that are supportive to your health for a little bit and then you're, and then you crash and then your body's going to start talking to you. Something is going to, you know, you're either going to get sick or you're just going to be miserable. And so you can get away with it for a little bit, or you could just say, you know what, this is important. This is important enough to actually draw the boundaries that I need to draw to create the space that I need to create to allow my body to do what it knows how to do. And that's what I would say is the smart thing to do. And especially as you, as we get older in age, it becomes even more important. So because oftentimes as we go through life, life gets more complicated, there's more stressors and you know, you need sleep. You need sleep to you know, be able to have the energy to live your life and to make those decisions. Yeah. And so women, ladies, you're going to nod your head. Yes. This number one, we got to give you a good reason to do the thing. And you already heard him say you're going to die sooner if you don't sleep enough, okay? So you get less time on this planet and you're going to be craving foods that are not in your best interest. So women have to have a reason, but also number two, you have to show them how. So I have one client in my coaching program who we will call uh, Davida. And she says, you know, I got teen kids and they come home from practice and library and all this. And I want to be, make sure that their needs are taken care of and they don't get to bed till 10 and 11 o'clock because of all their after school activities and their homework. And she says, tell me how I'm supposed to get in bed at nine o'clock. Cause I was explaining to her about how great the sleep is more restorative between 10 and 12. So we got to show them how to make this work in their life. And so what strategies do you have to help people actually implement an earlier bedtime that's consistent in their life? 
Yeah. And so like this specific person that came with this challenge, like that, there are times in your life where sleep is, is probably going to be sacrificed. Maybe that's, this is just what, what, what's going on for this particular person. Another, another Mm -hmm. time is you have kids like babies, right? The babies are waking up, they're crying. You're not sleeping, you know, you're breastfeeding throughout the night. So the body's resilient and it'll bounce back, but also it's, I think it's so important to draw strong boundaries so many people, at least, and literally worked with hundreds of people that have really bad chronic sleep issues. They just are not good at drawing boundaries with and communicating those boundaries to other people. So, if something's important, you're gonna you're gonna draw a boundary. And if you draw that boundary and you and you hold it, whether it's like, hey, I'm going to start my bedtime routine at X amount of time, and it becomes a habit, and then you start to you know you communicate that to the people that you care about. And you can get everyone on the same team. And that's where I feel like a lot of people just from like a psychological behavioral standpoint, they, they're just not aware that that's going on for them. And so I would say, you know, there definitely needs to be a time between the, you know, your day and your night. There needs to be a transition. Most people take their days and they just bring them right into their nights. <laughs> so true. Right. So we call this a bed buffer. So this is, and we teach this thing called three, two, one sleep. So three hours before bed, ideally no food crosses your, your lips. You know, you don't want to go to bed on a full stomach because that's the first stage of sleep is the deepest stage. The first quarter of the night, when you get into the deepest stages of sleep, you don't want to interrupt that process. Two hours before you want to be asleep, no work because our brains, you know, need time to sort of simmer down, to cool off. And if you're working up right up into the time that you you know you're you're going to sleep you just you don't have that time and you, your body might feel exhausted but your mind is just continuing to race trying to pro, you know solve problems and troubleshoot things and think about how you did at work or you know the whatever the conversation was that triggered you at lunch you know all these things there needs to be a space and then one hour before bed that's when you would start some type of ritual like reading a book, having a nice cup of chamomile tea, stretching, uh, making love to your partner, which is a great way to, um, you know, relax the body. So three, two, one sleep, but that starts with having a clear boundary. And I think, again, sometimes people just don't realize that they don't have boundaries with the people that they care about. And it's like, well, (laughs) that's where it starts. You know, you absolutely have hit the nail on the head. Universally, I find that the women that really struggle are the ones that don't have boundaries. So my question to this person was, are you doing, is this codependent behavior? And she became a little defensive and she said, no, no, my kids, I need to check on them. And I said, well, you're doing something for basically people who could take care of it themselves like can they get themselves situated for bed and finish their homework and get themselves organized yes 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 and you're taking on this attitude that you have to check on them and so boundaries for women oh my gosh I can't say it enough women who have poor boundaries have the most health problems and it's Mm. really hard for them to take a look 
at that and to see where they're basically not loving themselves first and they're giving everything to everybody else and depleting the tank. And then they want to know why is the tank not full? And they want to say, Kieran, fill me up so I can continue giving to everyone else. And it's like, no, honey, you have to stop what you're doing and love yourself and give to yourself. How do you help people through this boundary conundrum? Because it's, it's really a challenge for women. I love that you, that you support people in that way. Well, it gets at first just you got to get clear that there's there needs to be a boundary and get honest. And I think a lot of times people just are not honest with themselves and they can't see it. So having a coach, having somebody that can, you know, a psychologist or a counselor that can help you see those those areas that you can't see is so 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 important. Because a lot of times we, you know, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame, right? So it's, you need to, you need something to support you uh, to see, you know, to help you see what you're not seeing. Because we all, you know, we all are subjective most, you know, all all the time. It's very hard to be objective. It is. So I do think, yeah, you need support. You need, I always say knowledge, tools, and support, three prong. You need to understand what boundaries there are. There's a great book called Boundaries. Exactly that. It has two authors. I can't think of them right this second. So getting the knowledge and getting support around it. And I think professional help is invaluable because if you've been living this way your whole life, it's it can be challenging to change. But like that quote you shared with me before we started, Devin, every moment of the present contains the seeds of opportunity for change. Your life is an adventure. And so hearing this information, don't reject it, but reflect on it and take it in and and start to think, oh, I wonder if there's any seed of truth in this for me. And in fact, if you're getting bristle, if you're bristling at what we're saying and thinking, well, I have to check on my teenage kids before they go to bed at 10 o'clock at night, you might want to look at it because whatever really upsets you often has a grain of truth in it. So what else is important to know about falling asleep fast, staying asleep and waking up refreshed? What you do, I I always tell people, your entire day dictates how well you're going to sleep. How well you sleep dictates, you know, your entire next day. So starting the day off in a place of calm versus most people get up and we lose a liter of water through sweat and respiration every single night. And what do most people do? They start their day with caffeine in the form of usually a coffee, which, you know, it does the opposite. It's making it so it's increasing the cortisol, right? It's diuretic. So you're so number one, when you wake up, drink a huge glass of water. I drink like a liter of water as soon as I wake up to hydrate. Wait a little bit, like an hour or two, then have your coffee. That way your your you know your cortisol can start to come down a little bit and you're hydrating your body. So literally like start your day like that will actually help you sleep, believe it or not. Because now the, the whole rest of the day is gonna be a little bit less stressful because you're not dumping, you know, gasoline on that already lit fire where you're just running around frantic, dehydrated. So that's a little easy thing that everybody could do starting literally today is Wake up, drink water instead of coffee. Wait to have the coffee. And then if you have coffee, don't have it past 1 p.m. 
because it's in the half-life of caffeine it, it's you know depending on how you metabolize caffeine is it's in your body for you know sometimes six to eight hours so or, or even longer that's a half-life so limit your caffeine would go would make a huge difference alcohol is another you know most people are on their uppers and their downers right so alcohol too close to yes. bedtime destroys sleep and most people use alcohol as, as you know it's a relax to relax them so something you could do think of something that you'd be willing to try or something you'd be willing to do that would relax you that wouldn't involve alcohol because caffeine and alcohol those are the, the sleep destroyers they are thank you for saying it so i'm so glad we're having this conversation i have a friend who used to go to uh, salsa conventions for the, the weekend together and she would end her day every night i i hate to say it and i won't mention her name by taking a sleeping medication and drinking several glasses of wine that's how she went to sleep and wow. i i don't preach to my friends if they ask my opinion i may share it she didn't ask that was what she thought she had to do to get a good night's sleep. There are millions of women out there like this. I know some of you are listening to me right now. So what is the data on alcohol show about how it affects quality of sleep? It disturbs the REM cycle. And so alcohol really is a poison. So it also creates, it heats up the body. So your body heats up in the middle of the night after having a couple glasses of wine, your body's actually, you know, and the two things that control sleep are, you know, light and temperature. So you don't want your body heating up in the middle of the night. You know, that's not ideal for a high quality sleep. So you can get away with having high quality alcohol earlier on in the, in the night, as long as you're drinking enough water to kind of flush out the liver. But yeah, but it disrupts. REM sleep. And that's when short-term memory is getting shut up to long-term storage. That's when, you know, we're, we're dreaming, we're working out the emotional trauma, the emotional trauma that happened throughout the day. So that's a really important stage of sleep. That's like brain recovery stage. And so, yeah, so I mean, everyone's a little bit different. Some people metabolize alcohol faster, slower, just like caffeine. So you have to, and that's, that's where tracking comes in to kind of really say, hey, well, I love my wine. Okay, cool. Let's see what type of wine and how much wine you can drink to and, and really get away with it, right? So, uh -huh. but it's all, at the end of the day, it's all about balance. It's all about balance. If you're doing it every night, then you probably have an issue. If you're doing it, you know, once or twice a week, you know, you can get away with it. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of, is that helpful? Yes, absolutely. I think knowledge is self-knowledge, you know, to thine own self be true. Well, you can only be true to yourself if you know and understand yourself better than you know and understand anybody. And so I always say I'm not the kind of coach or doctor who tells you do this because I, I say it's best. I'm the kind who's going to say, oh, okay, use this continuous glucose monitor and see what it teaches you about how your body reacts to certain foods, how it reacts to stress, and how your blood sugar and insulin are managed in your body and learn how these different states feel. So equally, I'm not going to say, oh, don't drink alcohol because I said so. I'm going to say exactly what you said, Devin. I'm going to say use a sleep tracker. Actually, use a CGM also because that's going to teach you a lot about how your body is, is handling its hormones in response to alcohol because alcohol doesn't only affect your sleep. It affects your hormone balance. It affects your gut health. It affects so many things. But 
you have to learn this for yourself or it's not valuable information. Once you know it and you see it for yourself, then it becomes unforgettable and you'll remember it for the rest of your life. And that's what I'm about is long lasting change. I do want to touch on hormones because the podcast is the hormone prescription. And I've talked a little bit in different episodes about sleep and hormones, but some people probably haven't heard it. So can you help everyone understand what sleep has to do with hormones and what hormones have to do with sleep? Yeah. So essentially storing sleep that your body is releasing all of the important hormones, you know, the estrogen, the testosterone in different stages of sleep, different hormones get released. So if you're not getting those deep into those deeper stages of sleep, your body's not going to be producing or releasing those hormones. And I, I'm sure, I mean, you're, you're the expert in hormones. I'm not, but you can tell if even after one night of poor sleep, if somebody, let's say somebody stayed up the entire night and we tested their hormones, it's going to look different than the night before that they got seven to eight hours of sleep. And even one night can throw off your entire hormonal system because it's during the night when those hormones, you know, your body is releasing those hormones. And it's really important that people understand that they've done studies on insulin. They showed that after one night of not sleeping, the insulin level, it, it looks like you're pre-diabetic. Whereas, you know, the night before when somebody got the sleep that they needed, they weren't anywhere near pre-diabetic. So it has that much of effect on our hormones. But you, I would say that you're more the expert on hormones than I am. So was that helpful? Yes, absolutely true. And I think that's very impactful what you just said. Just one night of no sleep affect your insulin to the point where you may look insulin resistant, pre-diabetic, diabetic. It's that important, ladies. And equally important is how, excuse me, it impacts your cortisol. But so what's so important for everyone to understand is that hormones dictate how well you sleep and how well you sleep dictates hormonal balance. So it's this bi-directional interface, this conversation conversation that your body is having, just like your body's having a conversation between what you eat impacts your hormones, your hormones impact what you eat, how you sleep impacts your hormones, and vice versa. The stress you have in your life impacts your hormones, and your hormones impact the stress that you have in your life. So there's no secret conversations, ladies, going on in your life. There's nothing hidden. You may think you're fooling your body right? Oh, I'm just going to drink some coffee and get it going in the morning. I'm going to have some alcohol to wind it down at night. And you think that you're gaming the system, but the only thing you're doing is just really going to run your hormones and your health into the ground. You're not going to have great sleep. You're just sweeping it under the rug. So that's why I really thought it was super important to have Devin come on and talk to you about sleep. You've offered so much valuable information, and I know you have an amazing gift for everybody. Now, we're going to have a link to in the show notes. It's the guide to falling asleep faster, staying asleep, and waking up refreshed. It's 100% free. How many of you want that? Yes, me, please. So we'll have the link in the show notes. Anything else you'd like to say about it or any places that they can find and connect with you on the web? Yes, yeah, sleepscienceacademy.com and Devin Burke Wellness on the social channels. But yeah, so it's just, uh, you can find me there. 
Awesome. So find him on the social channels, download that guide if you're really struggling. And remember, every moment of the present contains the seeds of opportunity for change. Your life is an adventure. I love this other one you share with me. Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. What does that mean to you? (laughs) Well, I mean, it means a lot because we often think that we're going to live a long life and we're not guaranteed. You know, we're not guaranteed that. And life is all about learning and every day is an opportunity to learn. And, you know, so when you have that lens, you're constantly learning. And when you're constantly learning, you're constantly growing. And uh, that makes you feel alive. At least that's how it makes me feel. Yeah. Well, I think the listeners would agree. That's why they tune in to learn as if they were going to live forever because they plan on it and intend it. And so if you're here, I applaud you for showing up. Thank you so much for joining me today, Devin. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. And thanks to all the listeners. Hopefully you have learned something that you are going to put into action today. Sure. We try to be a little bit entertaining, mostly educational and inspirational, giving you the tools that you can use to transform your hormones, your health, and your life. But that means you've got to take action. So maybe you're going to download Devin's free guide. Maybe you're going to check out that boundary book because you're like, oh, Kieran, you saw me. I got a boundary problem. Or maybe you're going to start tracking your sleep so you can learn what there is to learn about what your body wants to share with you that you haven't been hearing. Whatever it is, I welcome hearing about it on my social media, on Instagram, on Facebook at Kieran Dunstan, MD. And until next week, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.